Morning everyone, Dave has already prayed for us, so let's get straight into the sermon. And do keep your Bibles open, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 35 to 58. And I've got a question for you, and this is my question. What are you most looking forward to? What are you most looking forward to? Now, in these days of uh, lockdown, I, I guess many of us will immediately see what, say, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to the end of lockdown. And I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing family, seeing friends, getting out for a, a, a long walk, going a little bit further than normal to go for a walk up on the downs or getting out to sea or whatever it would be. I also remember, uh, remember that there was a lady on uh, interviewed on the radio pr probably 10 days, perhaps two weeks ago now, who had lost her husband. And uh, she was saying she just longs for someone to give her a hug. And I'm sure for some, uh, we would be the same. We would, we would be saying one of the things I'm most looking forward to is just simply a hug from someone I love. As Christian people, though, I hope we would all be able to say, and amongst those other things that we're looking forward to, that one thing we're really looking forward to is heaven. Heaven. And this morning we have the most wonderful passage which is telling us about heaven. Um, but before we get to the Bible, a few years ago I was uh, being rather amused by a book that I had been sent which was a number of interviews, just very brief interviews, asking people about what they thought about heaven and what it would be like. And uh, here, are, here are some of their responses. Uh, one of them said, if there is a heaven, it will look like centre parks. Well, I've never been to centre parks and people say it's very good, but is that what heaven's going to be like? There was someone else said, uh, my idea of heaven is eating pâté de foie gras to the sound of trumpets. Or an English response was, heaven is cricket on the village green on a balmy August Sunday afternoon. Someone else replied, oh, heaven is my new Ferrari. And someone else again, heaven is my football team winning the championship playoffs. Well, all sorts of responses, and uh, frankly, the one thing they have uh, in common is they're all nonsense. Uh, delightful, uh, but actually delightful nonsense in terms of what we really know that heaven is going to be like. Um, perhaps we should ask John Bunyan. He wrote this in Pilgrim's Progress. Drawing near to the city, they had a, great, a yet more perfect view thereof. It was built of pearls and precious stones. Also the streets thereof were paved with gold, so that by reason of the natural glory of the city and the reflection of the sunbeams upon it, Christian, with desire, fell sick. Hopeful also had a fit or two of the same disease. But even better than Pilgrim's Progress would be for us to go to the Bible to get our view of heaven. And that's what we're doing this morning, 1 Corinthians 15, 35 to 58. Now, the first thing we need to say really is that when we're thinking of heaven, we're really thinking about the new heaven and the new earth. That's a more biblical way of looking at it. At the moment, heaven and earth are separated because of our sinfulness. And, uh, and so there, there is heaven and earth. But when Jesus returns, he will resolve that problem. He's, he's done that on the cross that will be completed when he returns and heaven and earth will be joined together and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth, not separated any longer, but together and a wonderful, wonderful destination. And that is our hope 
that we will be part of it. Hope not in kind of wishful thinking, but hope as in stone-cold certain, cast-iron hope that we will be there with Jesus for all eternity. So this morning, simply want to say, what a hope that we have as Christian people. What a hope. And there are two things in particular I want to draw our attention to from this passage. The first is this. Because we've got this hope, look forward to your new body. And then second, because we've got this hope, look forward to your new birthday. So just those two main points this morning. Look forward to your new body and look forward to your new birthday. The first point is this. Look forward to your new body. And we're going to spend more time on this. Now, the Apostle Paul is trying to tell us uh, the content of a revelation which he has received about the future, about this new heaven and earth in the future. And, and someone has written about it. Uh, this virtually beggars all human understanding, let alone description. But Paul had a go. And we're going to have a go trying to understand what he has written for us. And he's written so that we may understand, too, about our hope, about our future, about our new heaven and earth. That is our hope as Christian believers. And so look forward to a new body. We need to uh, we need new bodies for heaven. That's a simple thing. We need new bodies for heaven. Our current bodies wear out, go wrong. They die. They're sinful. They're not appropriate for a perfect new heaven and earth. So we need a new body for heaven. Uh, and our bodies at the moment can't possibly cope with the glory of God because uh, there's sin involved with our bodies. There will be no sin in heaven. We all need new ones. And this passage tells us what they're going to be like. And it is seriously exciting. Look forward to, to your new body. It's going to be great. Now, Let's go back a step. First of all, verse 35. Uh, but someone will ask, how are the dead raised? What kind of body will they come? Uh, with what kind of body will they come? The people in Corinth were still, some of them were still thinking there was no resurrection of the dead. And so they were, they were kind of feebly arguing with Paul. And he says in the next verse, he begins it by saying, how foolish, which is a very English kind of translation. Actually, what he says is, you fools. How can you possibly say there's no resurrection of the dead and ask silly questions like how are the dead raised with what kind of body they come if you don't think there's any life after death whatsoever? No, Jesus' resurrection proves that there is life after death and we're going to find out what this resurrection body that we will have is going to be like. Uh, so let's uh, let's move on from this. And, uh, um, and he says in verse 36, you can see all around you that you die and then you're raised again that you're uh, uh, like a seed planted in the field and then it is raised again as that seed begins to grow, as we're seeing all around us at the moment. Uh, up in Norfolk, uh, our grandchildren uh, are having a, um, uh, a sunflower seed race. And you know, a sunflower is, is a picture of it on the screen and uh, you can see who's winning. And um, But the thing is, the sunflower seed's about so big, isn't it? It's absolutely tiny. And, uh, and it grows to be a great big, beautiful sunflower. And, um, and, and the idea of this is, is that uh, Paul is saying it's a bit like that with the new heaven and the new earth. Our bodies are like that little sunflower seed. Nothing much to it, a little black covering and a white inside to the seed. It's planted, it dies, and then it begins to grow and produces an extraordinary and wonderful plant. And, uh, uh, and he's saying the difference between the seed and the plant 
they could not be more different. There's an extraordinary difference between the two, just in the same way as there's an extraordinary difference between your body and your new body in the new heaven and earth, your current body and your new body, an extraordinary difference between the two. And Paul talks here about uh, identity or continuity, if you like, between the now and the then. So he's talking about we will all be raised. He's saying that your body will be raised and then changed. There is a continuity between the two, but he's also saying there's a huge difference between the two, between your current body and your new one. Now, I imagine with a sunflower, I'm sure it must be, mustn't it, that, that genetically that, that you've got the same genetics in that seed as you have in the sunflower. Um, so there is, uh, so it's that, that same thing, isn't it? You've got the, uh, the continuity, you've got the identity between the two, but then at the same time, you can't be much more different, can you, between a little black sunflower seed and the sunflower itself. And we're meant to really look forward to that new body. As in, you know, I really can't wait for this new body. As in, I'm a four-year-old, tomorrow's my birthday, I really can't wait for my birthday tomorrow, excitement. That's what we're thinking about here. Really look forward to your new body. Now, there's a lot more detail there in verses 35 to 41. We're trying to just make sure our sermons are, um, uh, are a bit more succinct, perhaps, than, uh, than they might be kind of in the flesh. So we're going to move on, but there's a lot more stuff we could be talking about there. He has, Paul has said, look, there's identity or continuity between the two and the most wonderful difference as well between the now, our bodies now, and our bodies in the future. But let's look a little bit more about what these heavenly bodies, this body for the new heaven and earth are going to be like. And uh, there are four things I want to say here. And the first thing, A, is a physical body. A physical body. Now, there are a lot of people who seem to think that heaven will be, well, frankly, a bit like floating around with disembodied spirits, uh, a bit like ghosts. But as you were told here in this passage, it's not going to be like that at all. Heaven, the new heaven, the new earth is a physical place and we will have physical bodies. And they'll be our physical bodies, which will, which are the ones that we have now, but taken and then transformed. It is a physical place. So, uh, for instance, have a look in verse 42. Uh, so it'll be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It will be raised imperishable but it's talking about this body that's sown and raised sown and raised and he talks uh, uses the word we in verse 49 to say that it's the us now who will have the new bodies then it's not something completely different there is a continuity uh, between the two verse 51 as well so we're talking about physical bodies in this new heaven and new earth some people like to talk about uh, the risen Jesus and his body being a bit like a prototype for the body that we will have when we get to the new heaven and new earth. Um, and there is some attractiveness to that. And, and so Jesus had a physical body. Uh, he ate. People could touch him. He spoke. But also it was different. He could walk through walls and leave them intact at the end of it. We're not talking about a sort of Terminator kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of figure. Um, but, uh, uh, but the trouble is with that, I, I don't know of anywhere in the Bible which specifically says that the risen Jesus was a prototype of us. Theologically, I think we can probably say that it was to some degree, but we're not quite sure uh, how far that likeness goes. There are hints in Jesus' resurrection body probably be unwise to go much further than that. 
And uh, oh, and also um, when you look at the end of verse 44 there, it talks about a spiritual body. So some people think, oh, a spiritual body, therefore it must be a spirit. That's not actually what it means. When Paul here talks about the spiritual body, he's uh, what he means is, um, is not a physical body in the same way that we have now, but a body that is fit for... So I've got two Bibles here, okay? And uh, there's this one, uh, it's a New International Version, same on the inside, it's held together with a parcel tape, it's very grubby, it's well-thumbed, it's been well-used. And here's another one, which is absolutely pristine and uh, has hardly ever been opened, and uh, you can just see those uh, gloriously white pages. Now, here we've got these two Bibles, okay? Uh, this one is greater in splendour than this one, which is worn out and and, uh, fading away okay and uh, uh, and in, it's in that way that our raised body has got a greater splendor than our current body which is worn out and fading away so uh, when we think of our raised body we're thinking in terms of a number of areas so for instance if you have a look in uh, in verse 40 uh, uh, I think it's in verse 40 here, he talks about, uh, no, in verse 42. So it be with the resurrection body. The body that is sown is perishable, it is raised imperishable. So our current bodies wear out, they go wrong. Uh, in the end they pack up. Sometimes uh, they get infected by diseases, like this COVID-19 for instance. But our new body is imperishable. It's never going to go wrong. You don't need a doctor or a dentist or a counsellor in the new heaven and the new earth. And also there are differences in terms of honour. So the dead body has no honour. It says that in, in verse 43 there. Um, but you will be raised in glory, in splendour with your new body, your new heavenly body, uh, sharing actually, God says, in God's glory, part of it, part of God's glory for eternity. And then the uh, strength and power. Again, look at verse 43. It is sown in dishonour. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Uh, we're pretty weak physically and we're getting weaker mentally and struggling perhaps with this lockdown and the isolation. Spiritually failing time and again. Not in the new heaven uh, and the new earth though. Pray, raised in power. The power that's given us by God spiritual spiritual look at verse 44 here uh, if there is a natural body there is also a spiritual body not ghosts as we've explained but uh, suited for the new heaven and the new earth and that's the next thing a physical body a raised body and an appropriate body an appropriate body our current bodies are no good for the new heaven and the new earth and the reason they're no good for the new heaven and new earth is because uh, they are wearing out and they're sinful bodies. Now, we've all been amazed with Captain Tom, haven't we, doing, captain, doing a, what, a hundred laps of his garden before his hundredth birthday, all for the NHS. What a man. And I think, uh, is he raised, what, is it 27 million or something now? Um, uh, that's extraordinary. Uh, but what an old man, 99, I mean he's 100 now, but 99 when he finished it, uh, with his Zimmer, because he struggles to walk, yet he still did it. Fantastic. Brilliant. And the uh, uh, thing is, we're all heading in that direction, aren't we? We're all getting older. We're all getting a bit bent over. We're all greying gradually. For all of us, there are things we can't do. 
that we used to be able to do before. I'm sure for Captain Tom, for instance, you know, when he was younger, he might have done 100 laps of his garden one afternoon. But it was much more of a struggle because he's that much older now. But the new heaven and new earth is not that kind of place. There is not physical struggling. Uh, I mean, I've no idea if Captain Tom is a Christian, um, but his body is not ready for heaven. And none of ours are because they're getting older and they're wearing out and uh, they're not appropriate for this new existence. And uh, we're not ready for heaven in all sorts of other ways as well. It talks about these two men here, the first man, Adam, and the second man, Christ. So look at verse 45 here. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, that's Jesus Christ, a life-giving spirit. And he's saying, look, we're born like Adam, suited for life on this earth, rebelling against God. Adam's characteristics are, are kind of stamped on our, uh, on our forehead the moment we're born. Uh, and, and the stamp says human, fallen, rebellious, perishable, wearing out, actually dying, human beings. That's you and me. Not much good for the new heaven and the new earth. But then there's also the second man, Christ, the man of heaven. For Christians, verse 49 is true. It says, we shall bear the image of the heavenly man. So we've been like the earthly man and we will be like the heavenly man, Jesus Christ. He is changing us to become like him. And he is the guarantee living in our hearts by his spirit that we will be like him with this new body in the new heaven and the new earth. So look forward to your new body. It's going to be brilliant. Physical body, a raised body, an appropriate body. And uh, uh, as we look forward to that new body, an extraordinary body for all eternity, look forward to it with great anticipation. The second thing is look forward to your new birthday. Look forward to your, your new birthday. And uh, this part is much shorter. Now, the Queen had her 94th birthday on Tuesday and uh, it was 21st of April. And it was, she also has an official birthday, doesn't she? It's normally the second Saturday of June and they have the Trooping of the Colour and other celebrations as well on that day. And she is uh, also a Christian. So whenever she had uh, made that commitment as a Christian, then that's a third birthday. Now you've got three too. It's not just the Queen who has three, you have three birthdays too. For me, for instance, 13th of March 1956 was when I was physically born. Uh, I'm not quite sure when I, it was that I made that Christian commitment, but I look back on the 18th of April 1974 uh, for that day. But I've also got a third birthday and I share it with all of you. And my third birthday is the day when I go to heaven when I'm raised to the new heaven and the new earth. And I share it with all of you. Now, there's something rather good about sharing a birthday with someone else, isn't there? Um, you may have met our Irish friend, Paul. Uh, if you have, you would remember. So don't worry if, you, uh, uh, if you're not sure. Uh, probably means you haven't met him. Uh, but he and I actually share the same birthday, 13th of March. Uh, I'm 15 years older than Paul, but there is um, something about having the same birthday, isn't there? Uh, well, as Christians, we all share, will share a, the same birthday, our birthday into the new heaven and the new earth, the birthday that we all look forward to. 
So look forward to your new birthday. Now, of course, you may be thinking, well, the Queen's a Christian, so that means she must have four birthdays. Absolutely right. So, uh, yes, yeah, she does. So she's still one ahead of us. And that's fine, isn't it? So uh, but verses 50 to 57 are describing what we can honestly call our new birthday in this new heaven and a new earth. We all share that birthday. And on that day, there's something else also we're going to share in it. That is the glory of God. John Calvin said, our flesh will share in the glory of God, but only after it's been renewed and restored to life by the spirit of Christ. And what's going to happen? Well, verses 51 to 52 tell us um, Jesus will return, the dead will be raised and we will be changed. So look at verse 52 there with me. Um, in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead, that's uh, uh, people who have died, will be raised imperishable and we, Christian people, will be changed. Now, there are three key phrases there. In a flash. Now, the word there, it means the smallest amount of time. The word is atomos, as in the smallest thing. OK, we can have subatomic particles now that we know about those. But uh, that's what it's thinking about, the smallest thing. And then he says, in the twinkling of an eye, literally in the time it takes to blink. And we will be changed in that instant. It is like going like that. It's going to be that quick. We will be changed. We have our new bodies just like that. And then the last trumpet, the last trumpet to wake the dead. In the Old Testament, it's used of celebration and triumph and victory uh, for our full and final, or God's uh, full and final victory over death, the last enemy. And if you're taking notes, do jot down Isaiah 25 and verse 8, because Isaiah wrote this. He will swallow up death forever. The Lord the sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. We will be changed. You will be changed on that great day. From perishable to imperishable. From mortal to immortal. Let's just look at verses 53 and 54. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. And then listen to verse 55. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting is the sting of a bee or a scorpion. And death is an evil which we know exists now. And at times in, in human history is more rampant than others. It's rampant, more rampant now, isn't it, during these times of COVID-19. But there will come a day when we will say, oh, where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? And the answer to that question, where, death, is your victory? Where is your sting? The answer, it's disabled. It is dismembered. It is denied. It is defeated. It is destroyed. Forever for all eternity. Extraordinary. Just extraordinary news. And that will be some birthday. And uh, we will be there to enjoy it, to marvel at it, to be in awe of it, to rejoice in it forever. So look forward to your new body. Look forward to your new birthday. What a hope. 
And then just as we draw to a close now, and very briefly, verse 58 is marvellous. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. You see, verses 1 to 57 here in 1 Corinthians 15 are meant to make a difference to our lives now. And this is the difference. C.S. Lewis, Lewis said, uh, if you read history, you'll find that the Christians who did most for the present world were precisely those who thought the most of the next. And so what do we need to do? When he says here, stand, in other words, stand firm. Let nothing move you, like uh, walking across uh, uh, maybe a fast flowing stream. And you know the temptation to, to take you away, stand firm. Sometimes you need to link arms with someone else if you're seeking to do that. Uh, stand firm, link arms, get help from other people. Um, uh, the world around us will try to move us. COVID-19 will try to move us. People's fears of their own uh, mortality will try to move us. Others' lack of faith will try to move us. Maybe other people's interpretations of the Bible will try to move us. Our worries about our families will try to move us. But we're going to stand firm. And with the help of others and with the help of our loving Heavenly Father, we'll stand firm and we will not be moved in our faith because we know that Jesus is back from the dead, because we know that we have a great future and a great hope. And the other thing here is serve, stand and serve. There's two great Christian commissions here to stand and to serve. And he's talking here and he says, always, all people, all of us, all people fully serving. And why do we do that? Because we know that this Christian faith and being committed is not a waste of time. Jesus is risen from the dead. We have a great hope. And what a hope. And we're looking forward to our new bodies. And we're looking forward to our new birthdays. And so therefore, because we are different and we know that things are going to be renewed and we will be there with Jesus in heaven, the new heaven and the new earth for eternity, we're going to stand firm and we're going to serve others for all we're worth. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, this is a wonderful hope that we have. We praise you for the resurrection uh, from the dead. Uh, we praise you for your resurrection and this wonderful, wonderful hope that we have of a new heaven and a new earth. And Lord, we look forward to new bodies and a new birthday. Pray you'd help us to stand firm and to serve others for all we're worth, for your name's sake. Amen.